always hard after lunch because we're, well, if you're like me, you're tired and ready for your nap. Uh, though the game, I think, was helpful to uh, focus us. So, uh, you know, one of the things, in this, uh, one of the words, the lines in the song, satisfied, he is all that I need. Sometimes we sing words, but you have to ask yourself, when I'm singing these, are they truth to me? Do I really believe that? And I'll never forget the day before everything happened with my husband. It was October 2nd, and our pastor had given a message that night, and that Christ, he sang a song, Christ is all I need. And he asked the question, he says, is that true? He says, can we say that with lock, stock, and barrel, Christ is all I need? And I remember really pondering that. I think, wow, I, I don't know if I can answer honestly that he is. I don't know that any of us can. A lot of us, you know, need, we think they're needs, uh, other things. And within a matter of, of a day, the reality began to hit, is he all I need? And that's a lesson that I am still learning and will learn until God takes me home and takes us home. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the beautiful sunshine. Thank you for the food. Lord, every breath that we breathe, every beat of our hearts, the sun that we are enjoying, the, everything is from you. In you we live, we move, we have our being. And Father, I pray once again for strength and for wisdom. Lord, may I say only those things that you want me to say. May they see only Christ. You choose to use earthen vessels, weak, in many ways clay dirt pots, that the excellency of the power may be of you and not of us. And Lord, I ask that your glory would be on display, that you would be magnified, your word would be lifted up, and that all would realize that you are a great and mighty and worthy and wonderful Savior and Lord. So as we finish up, and even in the uh, question and answer session, I pray that you would be lifted up and exalted and that you would give strength and wisdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I was told that there is a little place for water here. Ah, and I left my water down there. Miss Carissa, do you thank you so much. She's been such a sweetheart. She hasn't changed a bit from the Carissa I knew. Well... She's gotten a little older, but uh, <laughs> all right. Again, as I'm going to uh, quote a passage that has meant so much to me, and I want you to just ponder these words, which kind of, I believe, is going to sum this all up. This is responding in loving obedience. You saw the statement that is made there, <coughs> excuse me, that, you know, as we the recognize who God is, the deep understanding of his character, um, and then we realize that it leads us to obedience. That's the byproduct. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, Scripture says, and of course this is a chapter where there's, he's going to be dealing with a lot of suffering in his people. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has borne us again to a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, incorruptible or imperishable and undefiled and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now, for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness or deep distress through manifold or various testings, that the trial of your faith, which is more precious than gold, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love Though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith as salvation, ultimate deliverance of your souls. Now that sums up a lot of what we've already said. The right view of God, how we can rejoice as we rest in his character and we can receive that peace Because though we see him not, we love him and we believe him. That's trust. Now, when you think about what does it really mean to obey? Well, very popular scripture, a very familiar scripture, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, and our Lord says these words, Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, of course, that's also the rest of salvation, and I'm not going to take that for granted. If you are here and you do not know that the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, I never take that for granted because I was one of you many, many years ago sitting in a service in the front row that somebody had plucked me up and put me right up in the front row, and I was as lost as lost could be. And through the pastor who, I don't remember much about the message, but when he gave and and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I realized that I was lost, that I was dead, and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I were to die, I did not have any hope. And right there, I will never forget, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation. And I remember somebody would later ask me, and they said, if, if you were to walk into heaven and God were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? I said, I would point to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I would say, because he paid it all. And my whole confidence, all of my faith, all of my trust is in him and him alone. He died for me. He was buried. He rose again the third day, and it is in his righteousness. He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So, when I'm speaking to you, if you do not know this sweet and wonderful Savior, then that is most important. That is preeminent. But the scripture says, we come and he will give us rest, and that brings peace. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Okay, so where are we learning? Where are we growing? We're learning of him. Remember the first scripture I quoted? What is God glory in that you understand he delights and we understand and know him. That he is the Lord who exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. He delights in that. So he goes on and he says, we take his yoke. He says, for I am gentle and lowly of heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
In other words, as I come to him, I grow in him, I learn in him, I rest in his character, with that comes great peace, and I respond in loving obedience. Jesus said these words, If you love me, keep my commandments. He who loves me reveals, the person who loves him reveals that they, or obeys him reveals that they love him. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And God even says in his word that we will come to him and we will manifest or reveal ourselves to him. If any man loves me, he will keep my words. My Father will love him, and we will come in him and make our home, our abode with him. Wow! Obedience here refers to the person that understands that when I am loving him and obeying him, that he manifests, he reveals himself to us. He makes his home. When the scribe came and said, what is the greatest commandment of all? The Lord says what? You shall love the Lord your God, how? With all of your heart. That's with every uh, conviction and emotion and every part. And, uh, you know, the mind and the heart are often used inter interchangeably. With all your heart, with all your mind. In other words, with all of your thoughts. You're bringing every thought forward captive to obedience to Christ. With all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with every breath of my being, and with all my strength, that's with all of my energies. He's this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On all of this hangs what? All of the commandments. And the scribe, the lawyer, answers him and says, Well, Lord, you have told the truth, for to love the Lord with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the strength, with all the soul. And to love one's neighbor as themselves sums it all up. And the Lord says, you're not far from the kingdom of God. So obedience, ladies, is extremely important because if I say that I love the Lord, but I refuse to obey him, what am I communicating? Okay? You tell me. I love you, Lord, but, Lord, but, I'm not going to do this. Well, what does our Lord say? If we say that we love him, but we walk in darkness, okay, we lie and do not the truth. So obedience evidences our love. Jesus said, I do always those things that please my Father. So my question to you today, as we're going to end this day, is how are we doing in our obedience? When David said, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. When we're talking about our focus, who or what you love controls you. What you think about, Tozer talks about that. He says, you tell me what you spend most of your time on, what you think about most, what you spend your money on, and he says, and I will tell you where your focus is. So when I say that I love the Lord and I'm presented with an opportunity to choose whether I'm going to obey my Lord or not, really my love is revealed, is it not? And I can remember, again, I'm going to use a personal example here, that I had been a widow for probably about two years and it, it, was, it was getting pretty tough at this point. And I was staying with my parents, I was visiting my parents, excuse me, and uh, one of my children was 
not doing really well, disobeying, and I had, had um, done some discipline with that particular child, and my mother gets upset, my dad gets upset, and, and it just, things started to blow way out of proportion. And I went into the bedroom and closed the door, and I said, I'm done. I resign from motherhood. I'm not doing this anymore. I said, Lord, what you've asked of me is too hard. This is, I, I'm not going to do this anymore unless you want to bring me a husband. I said, I don't even care about the fringe benefits. I just want some help. And, I mean, I'm sitting here dictating and saying, well, Lord, this, this, and this. And, you know, the Lord often listens, I think. And my attitude was wrong. It was clearly wrong. I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I said, this is too hard. And as I'm doing that, I can sense the Spirit of God. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is God, common to man, but God is faithful. And, I mean, I'm sitting here arguing, and I'm hearing in my heart, who will not allow you to be tempted with what you, you know, above what you're able. God is faithful. He will, he will give you a way out. And I'm thinking, oh, I guess this isn't too hard. And then the Lord, Genesis 15, and he's speaking to Abraham. He says, I am your shield and exceeding great reward. And he said, Carol, I mean, I could just sense this. He says, you are fighting me, and you want these trials to go away. He says, I want you to glory in them. Glory in them. My grace is sufficient for you. My, my strength is made perfect in weakness. I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions in, in uh, tribulations. Why? Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. And I'm thinking, I have a choice to make. And ladies, that was a battle. And I've, I've faced that battle multiple times where I've said, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of this. This is too hard. I just want somebody else's life whose life, their life is easier, which again is, is a delusion. I don't know what their life is. I look at them and I think it's easier. Have you ever done that, played the comparison game? No, you never do that, do you? <laughs> right? Well, comparison I found kills contentment. So I'm, I'm fighting and I'm trying to, I'm fighting with this and I finally stopped and I said, Lord, how foolish I am being. I said, how, I'm, I'm trying to tell the God of glory what I want, and I, I stopped right there, and I said, Lord, I, forgive me. I surrender, and I choose to obey, and I went back to, I says, because I love you. Was that the last battle? It was not. So we have to, again, go back to what does the scripture say? Well, I've given you some references here, John 14, you can, and I've quoted those, the Lord makes it very clear. You say that you love me, but how do you evidence that? Now, this, we're not earning brownie points, okay, with the Lord. Does anybody know what brownie points are anymore? Do we even talk about those? Okay, I just realized that. That might be outdated. We're not earning points. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are already loved with an everlasting love. You can't earn God's favor. You have it. The difference is that I am responding to the Lord because I am loved, because I am his, and I belong to him. And because I want to bring a smile and to please him because our God looks on a world that constantly scorns him. I mean, can you imagine, the Bible teaches that the Lord Jesus Christ was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. How many people sit down and eat and never even think to, think to thank the God who gave them that food and whose air they are breathing? 
How many people every day, and this may be us, who go through their day without even realizing, as I had prayed a minute ago, that every breath that I'm taking, every step that I'm making is all a gift of God. I don't even take getting in the shower for granted anymore after breaking both of my ankles. When I get in the shower, I say, Lord, thank you, I, I could stand up in the shower. I never thought to do that before. So God makes it clear in John, our Lord says, if you love me, obey me. So when I'm given the choice, I've got something on television, and all of a sudden this stuff comes across the TV, which is clearly dishonoring to the Lord, whether it's profanity, immorality, do I make a choice? Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do I continue watching this? I know I'm getting personal because this affects me directly as well. Well, everybody else is doing it's not a big deal. Or do I sense the Lord saying, I don't want you watching that. I don't want you listening to that. How do I respond? It's very personal. I've battled with this. Okay? I'm thinking these thoughts, and I'm driving down, and all of a sudden some thoughts come to my mind where I'm angry at a person. In this case, it could be what happened to my mother, and I'm starting to pray imprecatory prayers. And I'm starting to think wrong thoughts, and the Lord says through his word, do you think, you know, as I mentioned before, do you think there were sinners? You're not thinking right. Stop right there. Okay. The weapons of my warfare, okay, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, speculations, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity what every thought. Every thought to what? The obedience of who? Christ. This is full-time, ladies. My every thought. I'm sitting on the plane and I'm worrying about this and that and the Lord says do not worry do not be anxious I'm worrying about my kids trust me no I don't want to trust you Lord I think I know what's best you see my evidence that I am truly growing and I love him is that I am choosing to obey him I love Deuteronomy 10. I believe she, she has that down there for you. What doth the Lord thy God, verses 12 and 13, require of you but to fear the Lord your God, stand in awe of him. To fear the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to love him. I'm sorry, we serve the Lord your God to walk in all his ways and to love him. What is he saying? Walk in his ways, fear him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. He goes on to say, you shall serve, you shall cling to him, stick like glue. He is your praise and he is your God which has done for you these great and mighty things which your eyes have seen. So he's saying here, cleave to me, fear me, walk with me, serve me, obey me. When God says, I want you to do this, I do it. When God says, I want you to minister to that person, I do it. When God says, stop fretting, stop thinking about this, I obey. Do I do it perfectly? Of course not. I fail every day. But the heart's goal is, Lord, help me. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I respond in loving obedience. Why? Because I love him because I choose to walk with him. I mean, I think again, Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? Why do you do that? And we really have to go back and say, Lord, what, what drives me? What motivates me? You know, 
if my reason for being at this conference is for any other reason in that than because I am obeying the Lord because this is what God wants me to do, then my reasons are misplaced. And, you know, if my reason for anything that I'm doing, whatsoever you do, whether in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. Okay? I mean, everything do heartily. So I have to, I, I continually ask myself the question, what drives me? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I teaching my children? You know, again, making it personal. Why am I choosing to homeschool? Why am I choosing to put my kids in school? Why am I choosing to watch this? I mean, all the time with my mind, I'm saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? Probably one of the most graphic, I wouldn't say graphic, but the most powerful lessons I'll never forget when I was at Northland as a, as a staff, as a teacher, is that Dr. Olala would go up and they had the old chalkboards, black and white chalkboards, okay? I don't know if most people, you know, they don't have those anymore, right? And, it, and you know, we'd all be chit-chat-chat-chatting, and, and before he even started, he would, he would say this question. He would walk up here and he would take his, his uh, chalk and he'd write three words up on the chalkboard. Is... God pleased. And it'd say, at the end of the day, answer that question. <sighs> really? He says, not can I do it. And he used to teach us all the time, those of you who are Northland students will remember this, is it best? Does it build? Does it bind? Does it enslave me? Does it glorify God? And again, what's my motivation? Why am I doing this? Jesus offered his father perfect obedience. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And when I looked at, and you can turn there, 2 Timothy chapter 4, a familiar passage of scripture again, and I look at, at the apostle Paul. And he often uses metaphors. He uses a race. He uses a soldier, an, you know, military, and he uses um, farming. But he's also said in this, in this scripture before, in this book, he says, no one that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has called him to be a soldier. Okay? So in other words, when my dad was in the military my son, they weren't living like a civilian. Their whole purpose was to please their commanding officer. And I, I asked my dad this, and of course he wasn't a safe man at the time. I said, Daddy, did it ever occur to you to disobey your commanding officer? Without one second's hesitation, my father looked at me and he said, absolutely not. I thought, are you kidding me? He says, we were trained so well. And he says, I respected him. I knew he was there to help us. And he says, it didn't occur to me to disobey my commanding officer. You know, you don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life that you might please him, or, you know, you might be pleasing to the one who's called to be a soldier. And then he talks about in 1 Corinthians 9, where we are called into a race, and how we have to have focus and discipline, and we, he beats himself so he doesn't get disqualified. He says, I keep my body under subjection. I'm not a slave to my passions so that I won't be disqualified. He says, I don't want to be disqualified. And then he says at the end of his life, and these are powerful words in 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8, I have fought the good fight. 
In other words, I showed up every single day for battle. I didn't quit. I have finished the race. I finished the course. Now, again, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth into those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. The one year I went to teach at Northland when it was, uh, they were trying to do a public school, an international boarding school, and I saw a poster up there, and the words disturbed me greatly. It said, it doesn't matter whether you finish the race as long as you have the courage to start. And in my flesh, I wanted to pull it down, and I'd say, no. I'm glad you have the courage to start, but you, it does matter how you finish the race. You know, I mean, can you imagine if we look back at the wars that, that God has allowed us to be in, World War II, uh, all those men had the courage to start. But if they lost the war, it would be a very different country. Okay? And so I'm sitting here, he said, no, I finished the course. Whose course? Whose race? Acts 20, 24. Paul says, Bonds and afflictions are waiting for me, but none of these things move me, neither do I count my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He said, I finished my course, and he said this, I have kept the faith. Three things. I'm showing up every day for battle. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. Now, he goes on to say, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, but not to me only, but to who? To those who have loved his appearing. Question, if I'm walking in disobedience, am I going to be loving God's appearance? If your children are at home and they're older and you're on vacation and you surprise them and come home, and oh my, what you come home to is not a good thing. Do you think they'll be excited to see you? Oh no. You weren't supposed to come till tomorrow or two days from now. You know? He's saying that that crown is laid up for those who love his appearing. Why would I love his appearing? Because I have been choosing to respond in loving obedience that, Lord, I want to obey you. I want to please you. I want to do what brings you pleasure, what brings you glory. You see, obedience not only results in peace, ladies. Obedience to the Lord proves our love for him and it evidences that we trust him. It evidences that we trust him, and that brings God great pleasure. You know, one of the things I have, when I was first a believer, I had been involved in a lot of um, sinful practices. And in many ways, I was like a drug addict that was craving things that were wrong. And some of you have often asked, how is it that you've learned so much scripture? Well, when I first got saved, God so dramatically transformed my heart that I wanted so much to please him, I didn't want to disappoint him. I knew I was saved. I knew that that was a secure salvation. 
but because of my background and the things, the choices that I had made, there were some real struggles, some real addictions, not to drugs, but to other things. And I, I didn't know what to do. And what I ended up doing is that I would take scripture and I would, I would put it on cards, <laughs> the little three by five cards, and I would literally walk through the house. This is the will of God, even your sanctification that you abstain from immorality. Uh, and I would talk through what scripture says, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Therefore, you know, flee immorality. I mean, all the areas that I was really struggling because of choices I had made. And when you get saved, you don't, I mean, you still have to live with the consequences of those choices. And so I'm sitting here, and I was so afraid. I said, Lord, I don't care what you have to do. Do whatever you need to do. Don't let me fall. Please don't let me make a choice and dis dishonor you and shame your name. I don't care what you have to do. Please. And as I would walk through, and of course, uh, you know, I was a waitress at the time, and I was working at a, at a um, uh, you know, Denny's. I'll just tell you what it was. And there was, uh, you know, one guy in particular, and he kept asking me out. Well, he was an unbeliever. And I kept telling him, I said, I, I, no. I said, we're on a different page. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I don't want to do this. But he was relentless. He kept asking. And, I mean, I, I noticed I started to weaken because from a human standpoint, he was a good-looking guy, he was popular and all these things, and I, you know, I'm sitting here, and every day I'm, I'm weakening a little bit more, and there was one particular day that I was, I, I just knew, I said, Lord, I'm really struggling, but I don't want to disobey you. I says, Lord, please, 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 I have to go to work, I know he's going to be there, help do whatever you have to do. And so I'm in there, and I'm working, and I thought to myself, I says, you know, if he asks me out, I don't know that I can say no. I says, so Lord, I don't, I don't want to sin against you. Help. And he did. I could not open my mouth and answer him. I just stared at him. <laughs> and <laughs> that's a miracle in and of itself for me not to be able to speak. <laughs> And I couldn't answer him. And I, I, I just sat there, and, and then I, <laughs> I kept working. And I went home, and I realized, God did that. He closed my mouth because he knew, he knows our frame. I was so weak. I was struggling so much, like that drug addict who just wants that fix and then says, I'll ask forgiveness later. I said, I don't want to sin. And God said, I hear that cry, I will answer you. I've been saved now, and this is all by the grace. I was 22, I'm 62, so almost 40 years. And God has kept that promise. I've been a widow since 1994. So that's what, almost 27 years this year in October. And I have be I begged, 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 Lord, God has been faithful. When I was an angry mother early on, and I said, Lord, this dishonors you. This grieves you. I don't want to be a yeller. I was a yeller. I said, Lord, change me. And I would, again, take scripture 
scripture, the ornament of a gentle, a quiet spirit, and I would dwell on it and dwell on it and dwell on it till it changed me, and God did it. There's still many battles to be won, but what am I saying? My prayer, and this, this is something I want you to consider, ladies. I said, Lord, I pray you would so work in this sinful heart, this, and, and we are so sinful apart from his grace, I said that you would so work in me that you would make it so that, not that I don't want to sin because I don't want to get caught, or I don't want to live with the consequences, but Lord, would you so work in my heart that the thought of sinning against you makes me sick. That the thought of bringing sadness, of grieving or quenching the Spirit of God makes me sick. And it wasn't that long ago, and I don't even remember the situation, but I did not handle it well. And when I, I think it was in a teaching situation, and I responded in a very, in a wrong way, in anger, and immediately I said, oh, no. I've grieved you. And I said, Lord, help me to learn to obey because you have done so much. You are so good. You are so kind you are so amazing and even with the trials that you've brought which are again his mercies and i know there's a lot of them you say i don't see this as a mercy because we don't see the way god sees his thoughts are not our thoughts his ways are not our ways but i said lord help me to obey so that i have the same desire and the same heart by god's grace give me a heart like david You know, and I guess what, I'm, what I want to conclude with is, is that you would ask the Lord to create in you a passion to love him with every breath of your being. That you would say, and you can see the quote that I, did, I put there, Lord, do thou turn me all into love and all my love into obedience and let my obedience be without interruption. Mm. I saw that quote. I don't even know who it's from. But I said, that, that's, where, that's my passion until God takes me home. And so again, as we, and we're going to end a little early. That's on purpose because I know you're tired and, and she said food coma. Uh, but let's, let's repeat the verses from John chapter 14. If you love me, what? Obey me. He who has my commandments and keeps them. He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Notice how many times we see the word love. My Father will love him, and we will manifest or reveal ourselves to him. If any man love me, he will keep my word. We will come unto him and make our home, our abode with him. See, when we choose to respond in loving obedience, we not only have the peace that passes understanding, but God does what? He manifests, he reveals, he makes his home with us. 
and he shows himself in so many precious, precious ways. And it is something that when you have experienced and tasted the fountain of living waters like that, you don't ever want to go back. You know, I think Carissa was going to ask me this question, uh, and I'll probably get to it then, but that, you know, because uh, I made the statement to her that at the place I am now, and I said I absolutely, and I, I don't want anybody to misunderstand this, I love being uh, his, his, his widow, God's widow in the sense that people say, do you have any desire to remarry? I said, I have none. Now, God's done that. Nobody else could do it. For many years, I did. But I cannot explain it except that it is a calling. I, I am so well taken care of and so loved, and I see God working in so many ways that I said, for one thing, I don't want to ruin any man, which I probably would at this point, so set in my ways. But I, it, is, it is so precious to me that I don't, I don't want... I, I, I can't really put it into words. I just love being so well taken care of. And the Lord does so many little things that, you know, and, and my kids will look at me and they'll say, Mom, how did, I mean, how did you get that? And how did God answer that prayer? I said, I can't, I don't, I don't know, except that the Lord did. And it has become very precious to me. But again, you know, ask the Lord to give you to create in you a heart that just adores him, that treasures him, that longs for him, that hungers for him, that thirsts for him. You know, that's a psalmist, you know, where he says, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you, uh, as the heart pants after that water brooks. And it's not anything that you can manufacture. God has to do it. But there has to be in you a heart that desires to respond and to obey. And that is a wonderful place to be when God continually works in you and then you ask him, Lord, when I sin against you, make me miserable. And it is, it's, it's precious. It's precious when we choose to obey and we experience the incredible manifestation and love of our loving Savior. Let me close with this. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life and no one is able to pluck them out of my hand. My Father who is greater than me has given them to me. No one is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Secure. Rest, ladies, in his character. Receive the peace that he gives in any circumstance and choose to obey. Choose to respond in loving obedience. Do you ever ask your children when they're disobeying, if you just choose to obey, that life would be much what? Easier. With all that's been on the news and all the sad things with, with, with what's happening with with police and the things that, that they're saying about police, but I always go back to us as if I'm stopped by the police and I choose to respond properly and not to resist, I will avoid a host of problems. Ladies, we serve an awesome, mighty God who is wonderful. Rest in who he is. Receive the peace that he gives 
and choose moment by moment, hour by hour, to obey. Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts and our lives, that we, like Paul could say one day, I have fought a good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith, and Lord, that we love your appearing that we long for, to, for you to come because we have chosen to do that what was right, and all of that is by your grace. We can't even choose right apart from your grace. And Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us. We're so weak. Lord, we're so easily distracted. It's how quickly in my own life, I can fly off the handle and, and I, can, I can choose not to obey. But Lord, thank you that you have burned that, that desire into us. And I pray that you would give us such a passion to just love you and obey you and to walk with you in surrender, in submission, and to learn of you. Because one day we will be with you forever. What a day that will be. Lord, thank you for the privilege to be here. Thank you for the ladies who have come. Thank you for your kindness, your mercies, your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless and encourage each one in here with whatever struggle they are facing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.